My name is Gerald C. and this is Living Recovery. This episode is entitled Prison to Recovery. Today I'm talking with two formerly incarcerated friends, Garo V and Truvel C, about how they successfully stay out of prison. Oh man, uh, good morning everybody, man. I'm grateful to be clean, grateful to be uh, free, you know what I mean, for uh, for extended period of time. You know, um, I've been uh, I've been in prison in twenty four years, and uh, and prior to coming to to the program, I mean, I couldn't stay out of jail for a straight a straight six months. So uh, I just didn't know how to do that until I got to the program. It's funny because uh, my father, my father had suggested I got I got out of Santa Rita one time. Uh, I guess I was probably in my early twenties. I had uh, I was on probation. I was doing that probation shit, and uh, they had me on drug version. I didn't go, you know. So I was just, you know, I had a warrant. But my father had suggested that. Uh, if I wanted to stop messing with hard drugs, I had to stop drinking. And I had never, I had never had, you know, I had never had a concept of that. So prior to getting clean, uh, my father suggested that I stop drinking alcohol and that it led to other things and it led me to going to jail. So um, that's what kept me in the loop. Uh, I don't know, man, you know, uh, shit. I didn't say that you can go to jail in recovery, but uh, you know it's important. I need to say that uh, you know, uh, shit, man. Um, you can go to jail in recovery, and 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 thank God for the program because I was uh, you know, and thank God for my sponsor, you know, like, and that's a big part uh, having somebody in your life and having a a support group, but um. You know, I don't get me wrong. When I got clean, uh, you know, I was insecure about a lot of things. Um, you know, I suffer from. Um, you know, I suffer from self-centered fear. You know, myself is that my head told me that if I don't get what I need, I ain't gonna be okay. You know, and and uh, and I was hooked on certainty. You know, I know Travell can understand that. You know, like we came from this place and, you know, we was brought up like, you know, you know, if you did certain shit and, uh, you know, certain things happened a certain way. And if, if I didn't believe in, uh, 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 in the process, then I, I wasn't willing to do the work, you know, um, you know, uh, and that's, that, that's how I was, you know, when I first got here, you know, but, you know, I'm grateful that God, I didn't come to the program a conspiracy theorist. I believe that people was clean. I believe people was doing uh, what they say they were doing. But until I started that, until I started to believe that it worked for me, then I became willing. And then I, be, I, I was open for suggestions because, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was uh, driving to work and I was, I had realized like one of the biggest gifts I got early is that uh, a friend of mine told me that it was okay 
and that I didn't have to know everything. You know what I mean? I didn't have to know everything, and I didn't have to pretend that I knew everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it was like a real release for me, man, because, you know, I was doing a lot of faking. You know, I was 20, I was 24 years old, and uh, and I knew... I knew that I didn't know a whole lot, and I didn't. I didn't really know how not. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to stay out of jail. You know, I didn't know how right. to uh, go on a date. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't know how to. You know, when I got clean, uh, I was messing with a girl that was going to Oakland High. You dig what I'm saying? And I didn't know that that wasn't okay. My sponsor had to tell me to stop that. And, and I was on parole. You dig what I'm saying? And I was I was in my early 20s. And he was like, man, you could get in trouble for that. You know what I mean? And I was, you know, I was, and her mother was using, and they was like lightweight, extorting me. Like I used to have to buy her an old English 22 and, <clears throat> you know, shit like that. And that's how I was living in recovery. So I'm not saying that, uh, I was just, I was just blessed, man, to have a sponsor that told me, you know, that uh, 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 you know, you clean, but you had to do some other things, and uh, you know, and, and I was on parole when I got clean, and I managed to, uh, I discharged my number in a year, and uh, and my, and you know, my parole officer said, "Congratulations, man, we should hook up and have a drink." I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> my parole officer said that. He was old. He had retired. Like, I was his last case or some shit like that. So it was like a, I was his last case. And he actually said that. And I was like, what? And thank God that I knew that alcohol was a drug at the time. But, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 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 like, it was people going to jail, man. Hey, when I was in treatment, they had a dude, uh, I don't want to say no names. He's from West Oakland. And you know he was like uh, he was running the drug program, and you know he caught a dope case. He stopped getting high and started rolling. So we had a lot of that when I got clean. And he caught a dope case in Reno, Nevada, and they broke him off twenty years. You know, so I was seeing examples. I had a, my partner, uh, uh, Sherman from Berkeley. He had relapsed, man. The youngsters were stashing outside his house, and his disease told him that he needed to take their bundle because they was being disrespectful. And he and he got loaded. And he got, you know, he got a habitual criminal. He locked up right now. So, you know, in early in recovery, uh, you know, I I was blessed to, with some examples. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it ain't about the dope. It's about the behavior. And, I, you know, they locked me up because I only caught one dope case. But I've been in jail several times. I went to prison for possession of stolen property. I didn't go to jail for for, for dopes. You weren't catching me with no dope shit. I would swallow that shit, stick it up my ass, or you know what I mean, or whatever. So, you know, um, but I, and the way I managed to stay out of jail, man, is I changed the way I think. And if you change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. And like I said, my biggest my biggest problem was that was self-centered fear that if, if I didn't get what I want, I wasn't gonna be okay. You know, and, and to this day, I still have to have a I still write gratitude lessons. 
I still know how it feels. I still get that. And, 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 and you know, I, man, I see. Sometimes I get up and wake up and just say, man, thank God. You know, that I'm okay. Because my head be telling me I need a, a, a new this and a new that. And, 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 and you know I'm getting older, you know what I mean, and uh, 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 you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you get to watch the TV, and they got you know the uh, beautiful, you know, you 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 your head tell you need you need all this new stuff to feel different. And sometimes I had to had to remind myself that I'm okay right now. You know, I got a refrigerator full of food. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, 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 I got a I got a woman. She washing my clothes, my dirty drawers. She liked me like that. But you know how to do some shit to, to have it that way. You dig what I'm saying? And uh, I'm grateful for that, man. Uh, I got two, three vehicles, you know, and all that kind of shit. And um, and I've been I've been able to manage the way I I've been managed, I've been able to manage my feelings, man. You know, uh, and um. You know, so you know, and then you know, I was telling Gerald, man, I had a, uh, I had a Nobel warrant, man, uh, in Solano County, man. I, I did, I did, I, I did, uh, twenty three hours in Santa Rita, man. You dig what I'm saying? And uh, and it took me twenty three hours to bail out. And 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 uh, you know, I went straight to four building. Chevelle, you still go to four building? I don't give a fuck how much clean time you got. <laughs> You've been in prison. You might. I'm gang affiliated and all that. I went straight to four building with 17 years clean. I think this is about <laughs> eight or nine years, maybe 10 years ago. They took my work to step 17 years ass to four building. And dude asked me what neighborhood I was from. It was all the same shit. And, uh, and you know, I was ready to rock and roll, man, to the best of my ability. And was like, God damn, they gotta bail me out of here. I couldn't believe that I did that, man. All them years. And uh and the police, I told them I was from 83rd. They said, Oh man, that's the money team case. I was like, what is all that? They was like, man, they got gangs and, and they they whooping OGs, making them get in the shower, and it was crazy. So uh, you know, that was another incentive for me to continue <laughs> to do the next right thing one day at a time. You know so, what I mean? What challenge um, did you face when you got released? I was on the street for like 12 days. And uh and I drunk some alcohol. You know, when I when I got out of jail, I wanted to rob the movie theater downtown at Jack London. I had a new heist. Yeah, I came up with it. And uh, you know, I had a, a player partner. He was a play, I had a player partner, and me and him used to let we you know we was finessers. I ain't never been no robber or nothing like that, right? I wasn't no robber or nothing like that. That wasn't my my lane, you know what I mean? So I was really a cap man, man. You know, he'll hit a teal and I pull a brawl or shit like that. Or, you know, we playing like short kind. I was hanging around them kind of dudes. You know, I was hanging around uh, the guys that first. I'm hanging around like these guys came from the pow the powder. Jury, jury store heist uh, generation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm hanging with these dudes. These dudes is like maybe seven, you know, six or seven years older than me. So uh, when I went to prison, one of them was a tear tender and I told him I had a plan to rob Jack London Cinema because my little partner was hitting him. 
he was hitting them in the hardware stores. And uh, uh, he was getting like 20 G's about the movie theaters. And, you know, he might get about 15 out of the hardware. So anyway, they only gave him 10 years with half. So my head told me I was like 23, 22. So my head told me I could do 10 years and still be a youngster. Mm. So I had a plan on, you know, I was I was willing to sacrifice 10 years of my life mm-hmm. when I got out of prison um, to hit a lick. Because my disease told me if I had a, if I got enough little hair around and some powder and a piece of girlfriend and some in a motel room with some cold water, I was gonna be okay. You dig what I'm saying? I just needed enough dope. So like this, my disease had got to the point where it was telling me to pick up a pistol and rob a bank, and I wasn't even a robber, right? Right. And, right. and my OG partner, he pulled me up. He, we was in penitentiary. I was going home before him. And he said, Giro, if you go out on the street, because you know how you run your game by niggas before you get released. And my partner said, Giro, if you go out on the street and you pick up a pistol, they're going to break your young ass off. You're going to do 80% on a level four yard. They ain't playing with them guns. He said, you a player, G. You finesse people out their money. You You ain't no gorilla like that. And what happened was I got out. I hit some powder. I started tripping. I needed some heroin. And once I hit the pot, I was scared of guns anyway. I didn't want to mm. be around no guns. I wasn't going to rob nothing. Mm. I got a moment. Come on. Come on. Come on, Trevell. Come on. <laughs> Gero going up. I got, I got a moment ready, man. Get I know that's right. I know that's yeah, right. My name's so. Trevell. I'm an addict. Thank you for... uh. Thank you for uh, for sharing, Gerald, and thank you uh, for your service, uh, Gerald, man. You know, uh, my thing is, like, you know, how do I stay out of jail? Yeah, man, uh, how you been able to stay out? How have I, the, the way that I've been able to stay out of jail is by my participation in the 12-step fellowship that I function with. And that's just the easiest way to 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 give it to you in a nutshell. Uh, you know, I I I've been coming around this program since '92, and I never uh, participated in it like it was designed. I didn't get no sponsor. I didn't work no steps. I didn't uh, 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 get into the fellowship. I didn't get involved. I wasn't no service. I wasn't telling you my business. None of that. And I continued the cycle of going back and forth to jails and institutions. But in 2005, right, I was able to get involved with this program after being paroled from a seven-year, you know, a seven-year sentence, right? Um, And I got a sponsor. And I started working steps and I started to uh, get in the service and get involved with this process, like really get involved with this process, giving my undivided attention and pay attention to what, you know, it was that uh, these people were sharing with me. And what happened was uh, the hope that I, too, could live a life without the use of mind, alter, mood, change and substances uh, like other people do. Be uh, uh, it 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 you know it appeared for me you know it, that was manifested, and then you know um, I began to uh, see that I too could live a life without the use of uh, you know my character defects 
you know, such as self-will, because, you know, the self-will piece, which was so predominant in my life, had led me to make decisions based on manipulation, ego, lust, and false pride for many, many years. And that in itself is what had taken me back and forth to jails and institutions. Um, and so like participating in this process have given me um, some processes, right? One of those processes is self-examination. And by looking at myself, like what Gerald was talking about, um, I began to see that I possess an unhealthy and untrue belief system about myself, the world that I live in, and the people in my life. And that, um, just that one piece, right, have uh, had profound uh, impact on the way I live my life, the quality of my life, and the difference between living life in a 600 700 square foot apartment or uh, uh you know uh, a 9 by 13 prison cell you know uh, i'm 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 one of the, you know i've been going to jails and institutions since before uh i turned 18 you know um jails and institutions have taken over the management of life on, on my life on many occasions for great lengths of time and it was like something that I, it was something that I had resigned to as just the way my life was going to be. And so I got to a point that I began to try to be the best at it that I could be. And, you know, um, that just further fueled the disease uh, and my, uh, my inability to live life on life's terms. And so how I stay out today is by participating full-fledged in this process. You know, they told me around recovery demands vigilance. I have to always keep my eyes open and uh, be watching for danger. But the process teaches me what those dangers are, right? And so, like, I have to pay attention to that. You know, and they tell me also that, you know, God's grace demands obedience. You know, my daddy used to tell me all the time, he said, boy, you're going to mind somebody one day. And he wasn't lying. So today I mind, the, I mind the, right? And by minding the program, I'm able to not have to go back to jails. I haven't been, to, uh, I haven't been back to uh, prison since uh, 2010, I think it is. Yeah, 2010, uh, March 24th. 2010, I came home from the shoe. I had did 39 months of an indeterminate shoe of an 84-month sentence. And I was crazy no motherfucker. I'm still hard to talk to at certain times. That's why this process is so necessary for me to change my ideas and my attitudes because left to my own devices, I will put my suicide vest on every occasion I get. And hit that button. And what you don't know about the suicide vest, right? And I'll say this and, and turn it over, right? The suicide vest, right? You know, it's, it's, you know, we see a lot of that in news captions and whatnot. All you see is the explosion. But we, we, what I don't understand is that there's a very lengthy purification ritual that comes before actually putting on the vest. 
And so I equate that to the disease of addiction, right? Because there's a long process that gets before the point to where I put a pipe in my mouth or I pick up a gun. See, I was that dude. Like, I wouldn't, I ain't never been scared of guns, right? Um, my daddy was a captain in Vietnam. He introduced me to firearms at a young age. And I took off with that and I got involved with some dudes who really, them was the real gangsters. I was a wannabe. But they impressed upon me um, a set of uh, ideas and an attitude and some skills that made me uh, very dangerous to uh, myself. And so, like Gero said, man, you don't have to pick up the fuck up around here. You don't have to pick up no mind alter mood change and substances. One one bad move, man. And, you know, I'm a three strike candidate. They told me the last time I came through there, you come back through here again and see what happened. We won't have to deal with you ever again right here. And so, you know, um, I took them seriously. So I've done something different than I've ever done before, which is participate in this process, turn over my will to something else to guide me and, uh, you know, participate, man, and be committed. So um, I'll turn it over with that. So, so, so. Like when people get out, when people get incarcerated and they get out, a lot of times they think they can't work. But you guys both work, don't you? Tell me a little bit about about how you dealt with finding work and your beliefs about that. Oh, you want first? You want me it go? don't matter. It don't matter. Go ahead, G. I, I thank you, Treville. Man, that was powerful, yes. man. Thirty nine months in a shoe. God yeah. damn. <laughs> Corpus. Damn, that's yeah. that's sorry, bro. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That shit is cruel and unusual punishment. Mm-hmm. And you don't even, I need to say that you don't even display the mannerisms that people come out with that shit. At least right. you seem like you did a lot of work, man. I didn't know, I didn't know you was that diligent. And the thing, I think uh, you have to be very diligent to uh, to overcome the mannerisms that people get. Cause mm-hmm. that is uh that's 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 woo man. Uh I got some partners, man. You and you don't come off as a shoe program type dude. And you know you know what I'm talking about. They got mm-hmm. some dudes like that. Mm-hmm. But um I'm just grateful that you came through that, man. Uh, that was beautiful, too. man. Yeah, that's that's powerful, man. I didn't know you had to go through that, man. I'm sorry, man, you had to go through that. And uh man, damn. Um as far as me, uh, work. Um, How you guys yeah. find work? I, uh, you know what I, I, what I did is, man, they had a mark. You know, I got clean. You know, I got clean young, and everybody was marks and suckers, <laughs> and they had this mark. They had this mark. Yeah, Chevelle, you, yeah, <laughs> They had this mark, man, that that said he had never got out of his mama's house. You know what I mean? And he wasn't no he. You know, he was a soft hustler. You know, he was he was checked, you know, he was waiting on his mama's check. And he went to when he went to treatment, he went to truck driving school. Mm-hmm. And he and he said how he had never went as a result, he, he had never had an issue with having no money in his pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, this Mark driver, big rig. Mm-hmm. So and that was you know what? I was on I was on some some shit like that, and he was a cool dude, man. You know what? I was real crazy, man. You know, Travell, I was one of them youngsters. You know, I 
I got caught up and I had issues with OGs and all that shit. They were sending me on torpedo missions and all that shit. <laughs> and, and you know, all that kind of shit. So I had issues. And you know, so I didn't really, you know. So anyway, I went to truck driving school and treatment, man. And uh and that was a blessing, man. I got a commercial license uh in treatment. And uh what happened was uh Man, you know, I was fucking with my baby mama and got her pregnant. You know, and, and man, I went, and like you talking about diligence, man, it was weird. When I got clean, they didn't have no cell phones. Uh, you know, you had to write your phone numbers down, put them in your wallet. And I was working at the South. I couldn't get a job because I had to have a year experience. And uh, I went to the in-between and some members suggested that I uh, worked for the Salvation Army. I worked for the Salvation Army, and I think I was making $8 an hour with a commercial license. And I had to have some humility. Because, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to pull a 53-foot trailer, and, you know, I was going to be making all this money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and for the first year, I had to, I had to find some humility. And, you know, and, and, you know, I was talking, I thought I had, I thought I had arrived. You know, mm-hmm. and I was at, you know, I was a worker's helper. They wouldn't even let me drive the truck. And then I started driving it. And it helped me with my anxiety. You know, I had a lot of anxiety. Because I tell the story about I had a lot of anxiety driving. And, uh, you know, I still had a disease that told me I belonged on a corner. Mm-hmm. And that I wasn't supposed to be doing no square shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, and I learned how to go to work. I learned how to get up in the morning in treatment. So I was one of those dudes. I had to go to a, to, a, to a therapeutic community, and I had to learn how to go to bed at night, and I had to learn how to wake up. That's right. You dig what I'm saying? Without being in the penitentiary. So, um, <laughs> so what happened? You know what happened? Yeah, because you know what happened is I, I, I worked at the Salvation Army for a year, um, and uh, I was part time. I worked for this company called Action Express. Mm-hmm. And man, I I was part time working. My baby mom was pregnant, and man, I used to have to walk from uh. If I missed the bus on on, on seventy third, man, I had to walk all the way from San Leandro to Hagenberger to get back to East Oakland, cause the place was like off of Davis Street. And uh, and man, I learned, you know, uh, I I started I I started driving uh uh hazardous materials. Look, I'm an ex con. <laughs> and I had hazmat, and I was hauling motherfucking embalming fluid, all type of chemicals to v- WVR in Brisbane, and that's what I did in early recovery. I would, I would, I would like, I started just like three nights a week. I would haul uh, hazardous materials, and then I worked through a temp agency for the trucking. I remember the first haul I did is I went and bought some. Man, I was scared to death. But I had an automatic truck, and I I picked up a truck in Richmond from the Ford plant, and took it and, and hit all the Sacramento Ford stores, Senator Ford, Capital Ford, and I delivered the whole truck, and they had keys and shit. Man, I was going in the motherfucking auto parts shops with keys, and it took me all night to do that shit, man. I should have did that shit in a few hours. But I was careful. It was raining. 
and uh, it was just crazy, man. Now that I look back on that stuff, it took a lot of courage, man. You know what I mean? And I thank God, I thank God for the program, man, because, you know, being grown, man, is some scary shit, man. I just, I don't know how I got the courage, man. Because, you know, I could have said, fuck that shit, Terrell, and went back to 83rd. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? And I didn't do it, man. And they used to, the only time they called me from the temp agency was when it was raining. Didn't nobody want to work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was, man, I was in the fucking. But I learned, to, I got a lot of experience in the rain. I, I learned how to do my stopping distance. Uh, 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 uh. You know, I know how, I learned how to think big when I drive. And you know, I've mm-hmm. never had a drive. I've never had an accident driving a truck mm-hmm. on my license. I got a million miles. Mm-hmm. I got a million miles, <laughs> and uh, I've been, <laughs> man, I've been driving. Uh, man, I got a, my license is like twenty three, uh, twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. I got my license in ninety eight, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so <laughs> and so, I was, I was, I was blessed, man. Uh, and, and, and what happened was, I was. I was working for this company hauling hazmat, and it, it was a guy that the company was leasing leasing uh, a building from another guy that had his own trucking company, and he was a subcontractor for Macy's. And what happened was the the company I was working for, Westex, I mean, uh, uh, Action, they got bought out by Westex, and then they rehired. And everybody had to do a piss test and a background check. They didn't <clears> offer <throat> me a job because I was a convict. And, and you know, and I, that shit came back, Travell. You know, you ain't worth it. You know, I got it, this hole kind of opened up in me. And my head told me I need to put an old English on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a hole that, oh, it's something to open up and say, man, you need to put something on this. Maybe you need to go fuck on something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You still get it. Yeah, I need to go fuck on. Man, I was telling I was telling my partner, it's football season. And it was when the Raiders lost, man. I used to want to have to bend my woman over, man. And get off. <laughs> she got the back. <laughs> oh, when they lost. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that was some sick. I'm, I had issues like that. Man, I just had to get off, man. On some freak shit, because the Raiders lost, man. She be hoping they lose. Where you at? <laughs> yeah, bitch, where you at? <laughs> come on, come on, Trevell. Uh, uh, well, work for me, man. Work, uh, you know, when I came home, uh, you know, I had uh, qualified straight out of the institution for disability. Uh, you know, be, because of my uh, my behavior uh, and my medical jacket uh, with the uh, with the uh, you know the triple CMS level of care and all that. You know, um, they put me on straight away. For uh, disability, because they figured that I was not going to be able to function in a job, and it was just because you know they going off you know what they knew about me, and but what they didn't know is that I had already had a, a class A license previously. Um, I gravitated into uh, trucking 
uh, early uh, throughout my active addiction. I I never had a problem getting those trucking jobs. You know, uh, back then, they wasn't really too much on the background. It wasn't until September 11, 2001, that uh, all this about background became very important to know who it is that Mm. is working for us. And the anniversary just, you know, just passed. But, uh, you know, uh, when I came home this time, you know, with the extents of my jacket, um, you know, because the more crime you have on there, the the more uh, less likely it is for people to consider you and the types of crimes. And, you know, all the way from 87, I had, uh, you know, uh, some pretty horrific stuff, you know, some class A felonies that, uh you know, people really eyebrows go up when they see that. And so basically what I did uh, when I came home this time was I got my license back. I got all the money from disability, the lump sum, got the checks for the time period. And then they told me, if you go back to work, you can uh, put it in a, I forget what they call it, to where they'll pay you uh, for a year and then they'll reevaluate to see if you are permanently disabled. And so I got all that money and I, uh, you know, I stacked it up and I uh, got my license back and I went and applied for a job uh, at uh, the Goodwill. And, you know, I had to accept the fact that I wasn't going to be making the type of money that I was making originally or any of the other jobs that I've had. And I had to be ready to take that because I was committed to doing something different. Man, you know, you mm. come off, you come off that shoot, man, and you be like something. I gotta change. I do not want my life to be like that. And really, I think it was more so that I just didn't want to parole. I didn't want to go back to the shoot because I knew that's where mm. I was going. And so, like, I got it. I got with the Goodwill. Um, I worked there for a minute. I got with the Department of Vocational Rehab. Um, and let me see. <clears throat> It was actually it was the Department of Vocational Rehab that had paid for me to get my license back. Uh, They paid all the fees and then they helped me with a plan of where I wanted to go, not just making decisions based on default. And so they uh, I got with and I told them uh, that the, the SLE, the halfway house that I was living with in. There was a guy there who, you know, I used together with and been in treatment before with, and we had a relationship, and he had got a job through uh, at the state, Caltrans, right, mm-hmm. because he had a hookup, you know, with somebody else who had done that, and they grandfathered him in, and they grandfathered me in. I started working for the state, and through the state, I got hooked up with the union, and through the union, I started taking the classes with the union. And I decided to leave the state of California and go full-fledged with the union and make prevailing wage. And then the union trained me in heavy equipment operation and just continued what the the, the state had already started. And the union continued on it. And now, you know, I have licenses and certifications to operate some of the largest equipment um, on the face of this earth tower cranes, 650-ton mobile cranes, uh, 100-ton mobile, or, you know, just whatever, right? And the wages are are excellent. Yeah. And it takes me back. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. 
Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, man, this is a both of you guys, man. This these are some hellified stories of what you guys yeah. went through and how you turned things around. Hey, so keep, know, I'm G. sorry, Trevell, keep going, man. I'm right, I'm right. kind of just in awe, man. Yeah, well, I was almost done. I mean, just getting to that point to where, I, like, when you get up there in this device and you you realize that you're sitting in a multi million dollar piece of equipment, and these people have entrusted you to take care of this thing. And like, you know, the old bugaboo always comes back. Like if they only knew what you right. really were capable of and the disease always check in to try to get me to check out, you know what I'm saying? To make me feel like I'm not good enough to do the things that I'm doing. But the reality of it is the God of my understanding has put it in me that I am. And that's where this process comes in to help me to 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 to, to be all I can be on this shit, man. Because, you know, I when I was working at the state, I sat across the table from some individuals. I mean, I had keys to – I went from the highest level of state custody to having keys to state facilities and opening them up for the uh, directors and shit like that, man. You know, people who know, don't even know what the back of a police car looks like or what them handcuffs feel like, man. I'm sitting across the room, and they actually – uh, interested in my opinion, perspective, or point of view when it came to highway uh, maintenance or bridge maintenance. You know, uh, just you know, I'm I was in awe with the whole thing that I'm I've gotten to this point despite you know uh, what I've been through. So that's all. I, I hey, so 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 we we got to like close up, right? But what would you guys say to somebody sitting out there right now that? maybe just got his gay money or just got out of jail and was trying to figure it out, man. What would you, what would you say to him? I go, don't even go home, go to a meeting. Mm. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, it was funny. I'm going to say this right quick. What's funny is that I was a thief, man. I was stealing clothes mm. and uh, the guy that that company was leasing from, he had the contract with Macy's and he offered me a job. And I, and that's, that was like one of my, he offered me a job hauling clothes for Macy's. And I hauled clothes for Macy's for seven years. And uh, uh, that's crazy. Like how Treville talking about he worked for the state. Man, I never stole, I never stole a, a garment, mm-hmm. a shoe, or anything. And like it goes back to my, my like my, my sponsor told me, man, at some point, he had told me if he, I stopped stealing, man, because he told me that I was telling God that what he was doing for me wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? I needed to help him help me. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that and that and I, I heard that early in recovery because you know I had uh, everybody wasn't uh, cash register uh, honest early in recovery. You know we didn't all thaw out, but um, <laughs> it, and you say if you, if you was coming out of what you say if you come out the penitentiary, what yeah, would they coming do? out the pen, what would what would you what would you tell somebody to do? What would you what would you recommend? I, I you know what I would recommend that they try to go and get in a union. You know, mm. try to get into construction. Try to get into one of those things because they're not really... And they'll give you a chance. They'll help you. You know what I mean? You can join a union. They're not tripping on your... You know, uh, and, and try to stay clean. You got to have clean piss. Clean piss. <laughs> clean piss will, will get you a Cadillac. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Clean piss and get you a Cadillac. So that's where we're going to start. 
Love you, brother. All right, I love you too, man. All right.